0: You are Locked On Clemson, your daily podcast on the Clemson Tigers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Tiger Nation, what is up? Welcome to the Locked On Clemson Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. That's right, five days a week, Monday through Friday. A look into Clemson athletics, including the number one team in college football. This episode today is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Going to kick things off in just a few moments with some discussion on Trevor Lawrence. Will he actually come back to Clemson? Would he spur the... NFL? Would he tell the Jets? Hell no. At least there's one person out there who thinks so. We'll get into the saga that has, that is Trevor Lawrence this week. And nothing that he's done, but certainly uh, one of the most talked about athletes right now in all of sports, and I'll tell you why. Also on the show today, fact or fiction, I got three statements I'm going to throw at you. I'll tell you whether I think they are truth or lies we'll get into that coming up in just a little bit and then finally it is Thursday that means your Tigers in the pros going to let you know what happened last week in the NFL three players with standout games former Tigers and i'll let you know what's going to happen this week with some big matchups across the NFL Clemson taking on Boston College on Saturday at noon get more into that game on Friday in the meantime, I'm going to hit a lot of hot topics throughout this episode. I'm your host, Brad Sinkoff. You can follow me on Twitter at Brad Sinkoff. That's with a W, S E N K I W. And please tell your friends, your family, everybody about the Locked On Clemson podcast. Help us grow. We appreciate your support. Let's get right to it. The big news coming out of Clemson this week really has been about Trevor Lawrence and, you know, the. Uh, star quarterback, Heisman Trophy front runner, the guy who is assumed to be the number one pick in the NFL draft in 2021. And Cleveland maybe threw a bone to Clemson fans a little bit this week when he was asked whether he would consider returning to Clemson. And there's a lot of discussion out there about if the Jets have the number one pick, why do you want to go play for them? Would you rather just go back to college? Get into that in a moment. But first, here's what Trevor Lawrence... Said when I asked that question about maybe thinking of returning to Clemson for another year. man nah, yeah, I don't. It's I don't know. I mean, um, we'll just have to see how things unfold. Um, I think there's a lot of factors in that, but honestly, just really playing this year, um, putting everything I have into it, and not really focusing on next year. Whether you know I leave or stay, whatever. Obviously, I have the option to do either one. Um, Kind of my mindset's been that I'm going to move on, but who knows? There's a lot of things that could happen. Um, so just really focusing on this year, not trying to look ahead, not trying to worry about that. Obviously, I can't control it. And really just trusting that God has a plan for me no matter where that is, no matter where I go, whether that's across the country, or that's close to home, where I stay another year, no matter what it is, you know, we'll work it out. So um, I'm not sure that's a, that's a tough one, but uh, we'll see how it all unfolds. All right, I have two theories on what Trevor Lawrence is trying to say and do here. Um, one of them being, you know what? Maybe he's just trying to be Mister Nice Guy, which he is. He's a nice guy, and maybe don't want to shove it in fans' face that hey, I'm out of here after the 13th or 14th game. Peace out. Been fun. I gone. You know, I, I think there's some some potential truth to that, and I, I think he wants to be well liked and, and well respected in Clemson, and he he is and always will be, but. I think he's also cognizant of not just you know throwing it at the fans and be like I'm you know I'm done here. As soon as I get out of here, I am gone. So there may be some of that, and you know the second one, and this has been hypothesized by some people, and you know Stephen A. Smith from ESPN uh, got a lot of headlines the other day when he came out and said if he were Trevor Lawrence, he would tell the Jets, hell no. And you know what? I get that. I understand that idea and that perspective. So maybe just maybe there's a theory. That Trevor Lawrence is trying to send a message to certain NFL teams that, hey, don't take me. You know, I don't, I don't want to come play for you. The problem is he has to enter the draft first uh, and then he can't go back to college. So maybe he waits it out, you know, in terms of just seeing how the NFL standings fall and, and then he makes his decision. And the, the problem with that theory is there's so many holes to poke in it. This happens every year. We do this all the time. We did this with Joe Burrow last year you know, the reports that he didn't want to go to Cincinnati, didn't want to play for the Bengals, and he was going to sit out, and all this stuff, and like the only way you can legitimately pull that off, in my opinion, is if you go and you just you just throw the combine. I mean, you just go out there and look as bad as you probably, like, fall over your own two feet, you know, instead up throwing out routes, you're just, you're thrown into the stands, I mean, just, just look as bad as you can't fail all your interviews, all that kind of stuff. Like, that's the only way that I, I think you can actually pull that off, but in the long run, do I think Trevor Lawrence goes to the Jets if he if they have the number one pick and he's sitting there number one? Yeah, absolutely. Would do I think Trevor Lawrence would go and play for the Jets if they take him? Yes, I do. Uh, I just don't think it's in his character to tell a team, "Nope, do not take me. I'm going to pull an Eli Manning. Do not draft me." That kind of conversation. I I don't think that happens with Trevor Lawrence, and you know, it's still not. A given that it's the Jets. Yeah, they're terrible. Yeah, they're winless, and they're not going to win very many games this year. But don't rule out the Falcons. That's a team sitting there right now that potentially uh, could be on the at least in that in that realm. And they're looking for some some way, some spark uh, in in their in their system and offense. And maybe they would bag on Matt Ryan. I don't know; he's on a contract for a few years, but there's certainly a lot of potential there. Uh, to To get the hometown guy, if you have the opportunity, I, I would be surprised if the Falcons turned on it. And then there, there's other teams, you know. Here, the Washington Football Team. There reports now that Dwayne Haskins wants out, wants to be traded because he feels like it's going to be inevitable anyway. And if that's the case, then Washington may be on the market looking for a quarterback. So there's a lot. There's a lot that's going to happen between now and next spring when the 2021 draft occurs. A lot's going to happen between now and the end of the NFL season. That's going to dictate who has these picks. So Trevor Lawrence, it's, it's fun to talk about. It's an entertaining story. You know, he's probably tired of it. He's probably sick of hearing his name and seeing his name. And, and I know people are probably tweeting him and hitting him on Instagram and everything else every Sunday saying, Hey, come play for my team. You know, my, my jets are terrible. My uh, Panther or my uh, Falcons are bad. Whoever it may be. He's probably heard a lot of that. You know what? He might be getting tired of it. And maybe there's another theory of why he said what he said, is like, hey, I may just come back. So maybe he'll get off his back a little bit and, and quit hitting him up so much about the NFL. Problem is, that question probably not going to go away anytime soon as long as he continues to play well, look like number one draft pick, and I think he is, and I think he'll end up ultimately winning the Heisman Trophy this college football season. Coming up next, i got three fact or fiction statements I'm going to throw at you, including one about Travis Etienne, where he's going to rank all-time in ACC history. These days, everything is go, go, go. There's nothing but non-stop hustle all the time. Your work, your friends, your family. Gosh, it's a million pressing social issues and an expectation to be on 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Sometimes you see need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for Coors Light because it is made to chill. There's literally only one beer out there that's made to chill, and it's Coors Light. Coors Light is the perfect official beer of watching any sport just to drink a beer. So this week when there's football on, sit down, relax, and enjoy that cold, lagered, cold-filtered, and cold-packaged Coors Light is crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies, the perfect moment to unwind. It's what I choose when I want to unwind. So when you hit the reset button, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Sometimes you're trying to find just the right auto part. Maybe you go to the chain Front stores, and you, they've got nothing, and they punch in the numbers and they punch in your information, and they don't even have it in their warehouse. And then, what are you supposed to do? Well, it's easy. You go to rockauto.com, and you can do that on your computer, you do that on your phone, and you're going to have everything you need for your automobile. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They've got everything, the engine control modules, the brake parts, the tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet for your classic or daily driver. It's everything you need, in just a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Now let's dive into fact or fiction for the week, and I've got three of them to throw at you, and I'll tell you if I believe they're fact or fiction. Three statements concerning Clemson football, one of them being Travis Etienne, Clemson running back, will go down in history as the best ACC player ever. He's 43 yards, breaking the all-time rushing record, surpassing Ted Brown from NC State, who set the record back in 1978. And Etienne came back for a fourth year, He's played in a lot more games. In fact, he's played in his 50th game on Saturday. Ted Brown set the all-time ACC rushing mark in 43 games, and that was without the benefit of postseason. So the, his stats in bowl games did not count toward his total. ETNs have, and ETN has played in, you know, by the time he's done, potentially 14 more games than Ted Brown. But he's also going to surpass the numbers that Brown had. He had a little under 400 yards in bowl games and Etienne's going to surpass that. So is going to be the undisputed leading rusher in ACC history, and I don't know how he's going to get caught. I mean, the age we're in in college football nowadays, it's pass, pass, pass. It's spread it out. Yes, teams still run the football, but you don't have a workhorse back. You don't have guys who carry it 25 times between the tackles. Uh, it's more about getting players in space, and sometimes you do that with throwing a guy, throwing up guys out of the backfield. So, it's a different different type of game that we're in. And it's just hard to think that, too, as special and talented as it would take to get close to surpassing ETN, why is that player going to stay four years? You know, I'm still surprised that Travis came back for his fourth year, and I think a lot of that really had to do with the fact that he wasn't ready to give up school to go potentially be somewhere in the second round. He wanted to try to work his way in the first round of the NFL draft, and I think that's admirable, and he likes school. He likes where he's at in life right now, and he felt like he just needed to complete this part of the journey, and I'm perfectly fine with that. How many guys are going to do that, though? That being said, you know, we're not just talking about running backs. I'm talking about quarterbacks, defensive linemen, linebackers, DBs. There's been some amazing players, receivers, throughout the history of the ACC. But this guy's going to own record after record, touchdown records, scoring records. There's going to be no one in the ACC that's not a kicker, will have more points than Travis Etienne at the end of his career. Uh, so uh, he's going to go down in history as one of the um, single greatest players this league has ever seen. His yards per rush is going to be better than all the great legends out there, except Jim Thorpe. Jim Thorpe had the greatest all-time in, in NCAA football history rushing yards per carry, and he's gonna be the only guy over Travis Etienne more than likely. Etienne is 7.6 in his career right now. So he needs to be considered among the best running backs in the NCAA history. And if he does that, then how can he not be considered among the greatest players in ACC history? And now the second fact or fiction. Joseph God of the Clemson wide receiver, will be the breakout player of the second half. Clemson's still looking for that uh, outside receiver to really take hold and give defenses Somebody they really have to truly worry about. Frank Ladson is fast, and Frank Ladson has made some great plays this year, but he's had some drops. He's had some inconsistencies, and it may be a roller coaster ride for him this year. He's going to have some ups, he's going to have some downs. That's part of being a young player. He didn't get quite as much playing time as Ngata did. They're both sophomores. Engada played a little bit more last year. Ladson was kind of relegated to the uh, kind of second and third team. Engada got to play on some of the first team stuff. And he's just a little bit more polished player, in in my opinion. But he's hurt. And he's been out for several weeks now with an abdominal strain that still hasn't completely healed. And Coach Sweeney talked about it earlier this week. He just he just has not been healthy. And if he's not healthy to practice, he's not healthy enough to help the Tigers in games. And I, I think it's hurting a little bit. I, Trevor Lawrence can get by fine with the Mario Rodgers in the slot, Braden Galloway, Davis Allen at tight end, ET out of the backfield. And Latson occasionally uh, making some some plays here and there. So I don't think there's a pressing issue to have that right this moment. But at some point, Clemson needs to get better uh, in that area. They need Joseph Ngata to step up. However, because of his health right now, I'm going to say this is fiction. I think he should be the breakout player. As much as Coach Sweeney has talked him up, I don't think he will be because we just still don't know when and how he's going to get back on the football field. And finally, the last fact or fiction for you on this Thursday, Clemson will miss James Skowski more than Tyler Davis. I think this is fiction. I think Skowski can be replaced in terms of production. I think he can be replaced in terms of scheme. Now the leadership that he has and his role on the team and being kind of the the quarterback of the defense, that's going to be tough to replace at times. But what Tyler Davis does in the middle of the defense for Clemson, and I, I think you're going to see it this week, is I don't think Davis plays right now. It, was, it has not sounded promising that he's headed in that direction. And I think they want to hold him for another week. Uh, when you roll an ankle, you just don't know how long it's going to take to heal that. And I think Davis more suited to uh, rest and be ready for Notre Dame next week because that's when they're really going to need him. But you notice his absence on the field. like You notice when he's not out there and teams can run the ball a little bit better. He, you know, Brian Brzee is good, but Brian Brzee is young, and he's still making mistakes, and teams are going to be able to take advantage of that. Niles Pinkney's played well. Jordan Williams has missed some time. Those are good players, but they're not Tyler Davis. He's a bowling ball. You know, He set the tone last year up front. He is a reason that teams don't run the ball on Clemson. He is a reason the defensive ends can get on the edge and feast because he can push the pocket, or he can command double teams and allow Baylin Specter, and others to come in and blitz and get easy shots at the quarterback. Like Everything he does in the middle of the field sets the tone. The middle of the line sets the tone for what Clemson wants to do on the entire field. And so without him, it's not that they're bad. It's not an issue necessarily or a concern. They're just not quite as good. It's more noticeable, in my opinion, when he's not out there than when James Kowski's not out there. We'll see if that holds true, but right now, I say it's fiction that Clemson will miss Kowski, who's out multiple weeks, as opposed to Davis, who's out definitely this week. We'll see what happens on Saturday against Boston College. That's gonna wrap up the fact or fiction coming up next. Tigers in the NFL. Three big standouts last week. Former Clemson players had big games. I'll tell you who they are, and I'll break down this week's matchups concerning Tigers in the pros. Now it's time for Tigers in the NFL, and there were some great standout performances this past week for several Clemson players. How about starting with Cincinnati Bengals receiver T. Higgins? He had an incredible touchdown catch uh, on a pass, a short pass from Joe Burrow in the red zone. Burrow dropped back, uh, a little bit of a slant route run there by. Higgins, I think there was a blitz on. He was open, and he caught the pass. And then when he got into the next level, there were multiple defenders waiting there on him. He actually ran through one guy and then spun off another with a great spin move and walked into the end zone for what turned out to be a really key touchdown. 16-yarder for T. Higgins, his third career touchdown. And the rookie uh, really showed out in this game. Got hurt right after that play. Uh, and had to leave the game for for a little bit, but came back in. He finished with five catches on five targets for seventy one yards. Higgins continues to become one of the the main players in this offense. He's he's really caught on and is having a big role right now for the Bengals. He has twenty four catches for three hundred and seventy five yards in his last five games. Did nothing his first game, but ever since then, he has he's really taken off and he'll try to keep it going. This week, I'll tell you about who they're playing in just a bit. Also this week, the game of the week in the NFL on Sunday night between the Arizona Cardinals and the Seattle Seahawks. And this one went down to the wire, went into overtime, where the play of the game, the play of the day, was made by rookie Isaiah Simmons, played linebacker last year for Clemson, was an All-American, had a tremendous career for the Tigers, and went on to be the eighth overall pick for Arizona. He got his first pick, his first interception of his career. In overtime, Russell Wilson dropped back, uh, let one fly, and there was Isaiah Simmons stepping in front of it. He read it well. He played his position perfectly, and the linebacker picked it off, got a short return. The Cardinals go down, kick the game-winning field goal, win the ballgame thanks to Isaiah Simmons, who made a huge play. And this is one that Cliff Kingsbury said, they hope he can build off of. And they hope this is sort of the turning point in getting him to become a star because they didn't draft him to play 20 snaps a game. I mean, they drafted him to be their one of their focal points on defense, and he hasn't been that this year. And I don't necessarily think that's his fault. I'm not necessarily blaming the entire Cardinals organization. I think it's a little of a couple different things that are going on. But if he's going to make plays like that, he's going to find a way to get on the football field. So continue to monitor what Isaiah Simmons is doing in Arizona. Speaking of Arizona. How about DeAndre Hopkins. He went off in this game. 10 catches on 12 targets. 103 total yards receiving. And a touchdown. He had a long of 35 in this game. And I mean just caught everything. That 35 yard touchdown pass that he had from Kyle Murray. Was a thing of beauty. And Hopkins now. Leaves the NFL in receiving yards. With 704 on 57 catches. He's the only player. In the NFL right now, to be averaging 100 yards per game, he has three touchdowns on the season, an average of 12.4 yards per catch. Just having a great, great year in his first season out there in Arizona. One more player I want to note, former Clemson quarterback Deshaun Watson, uh, again, plays extremely well in a loss. He had over 300 yards passing last Sunday for the Houston Texans, but they continue to struggle mightily and were unable uh, to find a way to uh, knock off the Green Bay Packers at home. 35-20 to 20 was the final. Watson did throw through two touchdowns in the loss. He didn't get much help from his defense, which gave up 35 points to a high-octane offense in the Green Bay Packers. But still, uh, Watson continues to try everything he can, but the team simply just cannot get over the hump right now. 1-6 and six overall on the season. Now let's turn our attention to this week's games coming up on Thursday night. The Falcons and the Panthers playing each other in Carolina. And, of course, for the Falcons, you got A.J. Terrell, first-round draft pick out of Clemson. He'll be matched up against those speedy Panther receivers. And then Grady Jarrett up front, the former Tiger defensive tackle, looking to do some damage against the Panthers' offensive line. We'll see how those two players fair in this one. Some other games to keep an eye on this week. The Bengals who mentioned with T. Higgins having a big game last week. He'll try to keep that going against a good defense in the Tennessee Titans. They suffered their first loss last week against the Steelers. You gotta think they're looking to bounce back. The Bengals still looking for their second win of the year uh, but I would expect T. Higgins uh, to, to have a say in this one. That's at Sunday at 1 p.m. The Raiders, Clemson West themselves, Cleveland Furrow, Hunter Renfro and company, they're coming to Cleveland this week to take on the Browns at 1 p.m. on Fox. The Browns a a two-and-a-half point favorite in this one. That means Raiders got a chance, a real shot at this, and we'll see how involved Hunter Renfro is. Cleveland Furrows had a good good season thus far. They're really high on him right now. They love his work ethic. They love how humble he is. He works hard every day. One of his coaches said that he wishes he had 100 Cleveland Furls because of his attitude, and that's no surprise. If you fought his career at Clemson, you know that's the kind of person and player that he is. The Chiefs have been without former Clemson receiver Sammy Watkins has been out and injured, and I don't think he's going to make it back to the field this week for the Chiefs. Uh, he's still banged up, has not practiced much or at all this week, so I would, I would expect him to probably sit when they take on the Jets. They're not going to need him in this game anyway. Mike Williams, the former Clemson receiver, looks to help the Chargers get their third win when they take on the Denver Broncos coming up Sunday at 4.05 p.m. The Arizona Cardinals get the week off, so DeAndre Hopkins and Isaiah Simmons get some time to rest up before they go the final stretch of the season. Coming up on Friday, going to break down the Clemson-Boston College game with some key questions as well as three players to keep an eye on and a prediction. This is going to wrap things up here on Locked On Clemson Podcast. Thank you again so much for joining me. Make sure you follow me on Twitter, at Brad Sinkoff. That's S-E-N-K-I-W. Hit the download button, the subscribe button. Tell your friends and family all about Locked On Clemson Podcast. And make sure you listen to the Locked On College football podcast podcast with Candace Cooper as well. Have a great day. Take care, Tiger Nation.